Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the, the Lord just, he just downloads my wife, man. It's just, it's an amazing to have a helper that gets downloaded and keeps me straight and keeps the ball rolling with the Lord. It's just awesome. So she's the, she, she can give you the more softer side of God than I can. Um, she definitely, and I asked God, I said, well, Lord, what's, our, what's her purpose? He said, well, she's your helper. I, I designed her to help you because sometimes you word things that people don't really take very well, and your helper's sitting there to give you the eye to let you know. You might want to reword that. Um, so I look, if you notice me look over, am I good here? I make sure that I don't say something that comes across the wrong way. Um, because I just speak the, what's the truth. I mean, I can't help it. There's, I just can't hold back. There's a fire burning. And the reason why I can't hold back is because I know how crucial it is when you hold back something. Because I feel like me growing up here in the gospel, that people held back to me. They didn't just give me the truth, the straight up, you say your Jesus is, well, look at your life. They didn't just hit me in the face, you know, so to speak. It was, it kind of gave me the impression, well, we're all going to struggle, brother. So, you know, that was normal. Well, I'm, I'm a struggling Christian just like they are. I mean, that's, that's all they ever hit me with is don't, you know, you're not going to be perfect. Just try to do good. And maybe one day you'll make it to heaven. Um, but that's the reality is we need truth in our life. We need truth because if, especially if we claim to know him, okay? Now, if you don't claim to know him, hey, there's no judgment on you. There's no condemnation. You are totally scot-free. You're actually in better shape than a lukewarm Christian if you're cold. You're in a lot better shape if you're cold. Because see, when somebody's cold, God can flip that switch and make you hot. And when you're hot, you're burning. You're a burning fire. And there is no compromise in your life. See, now when you're lukewarm, yeah, that's a hard area. And I'm telling you, God is about to attack that area right now. He, he has come, and he's using us, and he's using this church. He's using Tom. He's using all the leaders to attack this lukewarm area of Christianity because it's dangerous. It's very dangerous, okay? There is no fence, guys. Everybody says, well, I'm, I'm on the fence. There is no fence. If you're on the fence, you belong to the evil one. It's that simple. There is no in-between. See, you can't have, look at this picture. You got one foot in the world and you got the other foot with God. And now what's going to happen? God's going to pull you and so is the world. <sighs> Whoa, I'm going to end up doing a split here in a minute and I'm really going to be maxed out. Okay, a lot of us try to dip our foot in both worlds. Well, that leads to a lot of confusion and it leads to a lot of misrepresentation of our father. We don't represent him very well when we live that way. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I, most of the people I've seen growing up lived that way. They lived one foot in, one foot out, and they were constantly in attention, 
constantly, well, brother, nobody's perfect. I've heard that so many times. Well, nobody's perfect, brother. We all struggle. So the devil's going to use that mindset against you. If you think that you can never be like your father, then he's going to use that mindset to his benefit against you. And that's what we're here to expose tonight. Last night, we talked about who is he to you? Who is your God? We all have a God. Everybody believes in something, a higher power, whatever it is you call it. But the God I know is holy. We, we, we went over. He's perfect, and he's just, and he's amazing. Just had to throw that out there. He's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I there's no other way to put it. He's simply amazing. The human body is phenomenal in itself. We're sitting here trying to recreate TVs and this to capture what God's already done thousands of years ago. Light shading. If you know video games, they're changing the light shading on the new games to make them look real. But God's already done that. It's, it's, he, he's so far ahead of the game, guys. He's so amazing. He just blows my mind. And really, I'm in love with him. You, you, you have to be in love with the Father. If you're not in love with the Father, you're going to be lukewarm. And who wants a spouse that's lukewarm towards them? That's not a good feeling. If I was lukewarm towards my wife, I, guilty, I have been lukewarm towards my wife. I can tell she doesn't like it very well. When I'm constantly on my phone or constantly watching the news or constantly in something else consuming me and she's waiting to talk to me, I'm, hold on, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get to you in a minute. That's lukewarm. She doesn't seem to take that very well. She, she'll let me know very quick, like, and thank you for that, because I want to be held accountable. So God is going to use us to let you know if you're lukewarm, because we're here to hold you accountable if you claim to know Jesus. Now, if you don't claim to know Jesus, it's a whole different set of rules. It's a whole different thing because you're not misrepresenting the Father. You're claiming who your Father is, you. You're claiming that you're God. You don't, you don't say that, but that's how your life lived because you want to call the shots and you want to do what you want to do. And you've been given that right. Who am I to take that away from you? God gave it to you. But I am here to persuade you and to tell you there is a better way, a much better way way. Our way leads to death and destruction. It, man's way has never led to anything good. You show me history where man's way led to good. It never has and it never will because God said so. So I got the word of God here tonight, the book, and so there's going to be no electronic failures. Um, and I wanted to tell you too, you know, and, and, and we talked about do you know him? Well, would you rather know the book or would you rather know the author? See, I know a lot of people that know this book, but they don't know the author. So when they read it and they get something from it, they interpret it the way they see fit and the way they think it means. See, when I read this book, I ask the author, what do you mean by this? What does that mean right here? Father, what did you mean? So it's very personal, guys. It's, I would rather know him than to know the word. Now, if you know him, he's going to reveal the word to you. So that's very crucial. I forgot to mention that last week, and I wanted you guys to understand how crucial that really is. Um, yes, it's, 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 it's everything. And, and you know what's even more funny? I lost my phone right before I got up here. Nowhere to be found. 
not in my pocket, not on the desk. God said, I, you said you were going to be prepared and not need that. Just saying the Lord answers when you ask things. Literally, no phone, nowhere to be found. So, and, and, and you know what? And I had to take my thoughts captive because my mind tried to say, oh my goodness, you're going to need that. But God said, no, you're going to need me. So I had to take my thoughts captive in that moment, just sitting here worshiping and say, here you go, Lord, because I trust in you. That phone ain't what gets you through the screen. You are what gets you through the screen. So this is very personal, guys. Um, so I, wanted to touch, I just wanted to touch on last week. Now this week, we're going to identify this enemy that has stopped the church, this enemy that has crippled the church, should I say, because he hasn't stopped the church, because God's church is thriving in certain areas, but it has crippled the body in a lot of areas. Um, and that enemy would be none other than you, yourself, me, myself. Um, if you would speak out, speak this out loud with me and, and repeat after me, if you would, and say, I am the problem. I am the problem. Just wait. Did you hear yourself try to tell you all the reasons why you're not the problem? Did you hear yourself try to tell you your day was your problem? Your situation was your problem? Your spouse was your problem? Your boss was your problem? That guy who cut you off in traffic? was your problem? Well, see, we're exposing that enemy tonight. We're exposing the enemy that is within, the silent enemy that is at work in the sons and daughters of disobedience. Un and I'm telling you guys, a lot of y'all don't even know this disobedience. I didn't. I did not know it. I thought I was good. I was normal. It was Christianity. I struggled with sin. I needed help because I couldn't do it. I needed the Father, but I was just a mess. I was always taught that God had these goggles that he looked and seen through. I, I call it the Jesus goggles, that, that I'm a wretch and I'm a sinner, but he just puts on them Jesus goggles and sees me so perfect and so holy. Is that how you think God sees you in the midst of all your mess today? Well, that's the gospel I believed for 10 years. And that gospel led to a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of bad things. Uh, it was actually leading me down the path of self-destruction. Matter of fact, the enemy was trying to make me self-destruct, like a ticking time bomb. If I can just get in there and make him sin enough, I will make him self-destruct. Boom, death, gone. Next, move on to the next one. So we're here to expose this enemy. See, the reason why the devil kept me so lost was because he knew, he knew I have a big mouth, big old mouth. And he knows that I don't care what you think because I'm not here for you. I'm here for him. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to give you a feel-good message. I'm not here to tickle your ears, so to speak. I am here out of love because I love you. And if you don't get the truth, and if I don't tell you, who will? I feel like that's why I'm here, to tell you the truth. Um, so when I deal with a lot of people and, and I see a lot of people, we go out and do ministry and I talk to so many people, I really come across a lot of people that are just weighed down by life, man. They're just beat up. 
I, I, I can literally look at somebody and see when sin's on them, and I can see when, when they're just beat up. I'll tell you a quick story. I, I, went, I went to a store down the road from my house. Well, I seen a young girl that I went to school with. Well, she just looked so pitiful, bless her heart. She was just beat up. She was tired. Her eyes were just, looked like she'd been crying, and it broke my heart to see what sin does to people, to see how it really just, just, man, it just really wears us out, guys. And it really does want to destroy you. It really does. So my mission for the Lord, and it's not my mission, it's the Lord's mission. He set me free from this problem. So what am I going to do? I want to help set you free because I've been given a gift. So the gift that gives, the Holy Spirit keeps on giving. So I ask that you fill me up, Lord, so I can give out and pour out to the people that's listening. So I have an image for you I want you to see. We have that image that we can pull up there. I want to show you what it's like to carry a load that you were not designed to carry. So check it out. So this is a car, right? It's not made to haul stuff. It's made to haul a couple people. And they got this thing's under a load, man. Front wheels are almost off the ground. Well, is that you today? Do you feel like that? Do you feel stressed out to the max? I can't handle this. I can't deal with it. I feel like my wheel's about to pop off. Well, if you do, be encouraged because the Lord has come to set you free from all of that. See, we were not designed to handle that. That car was not designed to handle that much weight. It wasn't. So we were created by a creator. We have a specific design. So if you want to haul a load like that, you might want to get a truck, right? No, not yet. Oh, well, here you go. This is the Lord. This is our God, our big, fantastic God. See, the scriptures tell us you are carrying a load you were not designed to handle. When you listened to the devil and you ate from the tree I asked you not to eat from, you took on my responsibility you were never designed to take on God's responsibility. So if you are weighed down by life and you are stressed out to the max and you are just can't take it, well, there's a reason why. Because you have ate from the wrong tree and you're trying to do life your way and the way you see fit. Look at that. That's God. See, God's sitting right beside that car with that big old load saying, you want me to hook that up for you? I'll hook it up for you. I'm, I mean, I didn't design you to carry what you're carrying. You're carrying a lot of stuff. Unforgiveness, bitterness, shame, guilt. My goodness, I could keep on throwing stuff at you. Can we get the other picture with the car? I could keep on throw, filling your trailer up. And let me get this. You know what's so funny? I see so many people who are carrying this load right here, and they'll have a friend call them who needs advice. And you know what they'll say? Well, Throw it on my trailer. I guess I can fit some more stuff. Let me tell you how to deal with that problem. And they keep on adding to the load. So now all of a sudden, both of y'all are in this car, wheels turned, no front end grip, heading right off the cliff. And God's in the Mack truck just, you want me to hook that up for you? 
This is the gospel, guys. We were walking around carrying that right there when we weren't designed to. And Jesus came back to take that load off of us. You know how good it would feel to not have to carry all that stuff? See, this is why Tom does the deliverance and and all the things that we're trying to do to help you understand. You're carrying a lot of stuff. So you can't run the race well if you're loaded down. How can you show people God's joy when you don't have God's joy? So you're telling people, count it all joy, brothers, but my life ain't that great either. And you're sitting there, so now look at what people do now. I've noticed a lot of people, they try to carry that junk so they can relate to other junk carriers. Well, I'm, you know, I got junk too. We all got junk, so let's just talk about our junk. What that is that that is so far from the gospel. See, I'm here to tell you I don't have no junk. Flip back to my God. Flip back to, to right there. See, guess what I'm doing, guys? I'm following the Mack truck. He took my load and now I'm following him. And guess what? I'm getting great gas mileage because I'm not in no wind. <laughs> I'm drafting. And guess what, guys? Now all of a sudden I have joy. I have peace. I can move. I'm not, now all of a sudden I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not so sad because my eyes are off of me. Guess what my eyes are on? Him. See, if you're discouraged today or if you're depressed right now, who are your eyes on? They're on you. If you're discouraged, who are your eyes on? You. Now, get your eyes off of you and your circumstance and your situation and get them on him. And ask him, how do you feel, Father? I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I made everything. He tells me that every time I feel depressed, I feel that spirit coming. I'll say, Lord, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I made everything. All right. Then who am I to sit there and and, and cry about my pity party. Who am I to be depressed? When you're awesome, you're amazing, and you made everything, and you're who I follow. You're the one I'm looking to. And you own me now, so I really don't have a right to complain about anything because you have me right where you want me. So I'm trying to help you guys understand. Let's go to Scripture, Matthew 11. And we're going to bring up the Word of God because I don't just make this stuff up, guys. I, I just, I, I, ne- I don't read my Bible to teach nothing. I have never read this Bible trying to teach you anything. I read this Bible to get to know him. That's what this is for. I don't read this so I can teach out of it. I read it so I can get close to him and to know his ways, to know what he wants, to know how he thinks. That's why I read his word, and that's why you should read his word. Don't never try to read the word to prove a point. It would never work. You would just argue. You'll go to this scripture, and they'll go to that scripture, and you'll just bounce back and forth, and you'll never solve anything. So we're going Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And Jesus, this is the words of Jesus Christ. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Woo. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So if you can relate to that car that's carrying all that junk, you need the gospel. You need Jesus. You need to put your stuff on his trailer and follow him. I'm here to tell you today is so much nicer, so amazing, so good. Because see, what's the fruits of the Spirit? Joy, peace, love, sound mind, um, self-control. I see a lot of Christians, and here's the one that gets me. They, they say they're Christians and they have no joy. That's just confusing to me because if you know the creator of the universe and he's all you're about and you don't have any joy, I have never went to him and him be, de be depressed. I've never asked God, God, how are you doing today? Yeah, you know what? I'm pretty upset, y'all. My creation, they don't want nothing to do with me. They spit in my face and I'm just having a bad day, son. Can I talk to you about it? Nah, that sounds like my person I want to talk to. That doesn't sound like God. God has never gave me that answer. So I'm here today to push you to ask God, how do you feel? How are you doing? Yeah, forget about me. Yeah, I'm stuck in the sewer. I'm stuck with this job, and I'm stuck with these same people who don't care what I say. But how are you doing? Because, see, Jesus imitated this better than anybody on the planet. And Paul done a great job understanding it. That's why he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Because he done a great job. Commend you, Paul, for the laboring and the, and the labor that you do. I commend Tom for his labor and, and guys like Mr. Blake and all these guys that go before me. It's pretty awesome to see. Um, so I want to let you know that you have been bought with a price, guys. God has come to buy you, to take your load. See, I, I want to I show you that when you get this load, see, we're eating from the wrong tree. It's the same deception. If you eat of the tree, you'll be like God. If you eat of the tree. So if you're carrying this load and you're weighed down by life and you don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from, you don't know how your bills are going to get paid, and that is consuming you more than the all-consuming fire of God, then you're eating from the wrong tree. See, me and my wife's here through this series to get your eyes off of you, to get your eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, the way, the truth, and the life. Send fire, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody's eyes are opening right now. Somebody's saying, hold on now, I can relate to all that junk right there. Yeah, see, my God's a big God. He's got big shoulders. His yoke is easy. Now you take this. He says his yoke is easy, and he takes all of our junk. He's got the junk from 7 billion people, and he said, my yoke is easy. Well, he holds the world up in the atmosphere, so he's probably pretty strong and can handle anything. So do you trust him? Do you believe that he can handle your junk? Do you trust him? See, what it is, it, God has not changed, y'all. We're back in the garden. I told you don't eat from the tree. See, Jesus come to reset. Like he, Mr. Blake was talking about reset. Put you back in the garden, back with me, fellowship with me. Let me carry the load. Let me do all the hard labor. You just follow. You follow. It's so much easier to follow, guys. So much easier. Because, see, we always try to take over and take control. 
Somebody needs something, I'll get it. I'll fix it. Somebody's wife acting up, well, I'll just do this so she'll, I'll buy her this stuff so she'll just, you know, I'll fix it. I've seen so many of my friends try to fix their relationships, and I've told them, you better let him fix it. Well, I'm tired of waiting. He didn't answer quick enough, so I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to fix it. I say, good luck. I'll be praying for you because I know how that works. I tried to fix my marriage, and it was on the verge of extinction. So that doesn't work, guys. And trust God. If you're married, see, everybody wants to point fingers. Spouses want to point. I don't know why God's going here, but spouses want to argue back and forth, back and forth. Me and my wife were like that. One minute I wanted God, she didn't. Next minute she wanted God, I didn't. It's like the devil uses us back and forth, back and forth to stay stuck in that ocean. You know, the ocean that bounces back and forth, back and forth, tossed to and fro. Don't fall for that. Which one of you got to get it. If one of you gets it, I promise the rest will come along. God will fix the rest of the atmosphere. See, we're too worried about everybody else. Well, they didn't go. Well, they didn't do it. Well, blah, blah, get, their, get your eyes off of you. See, you're worried about what they're doing. You do it. See, when I got saved, my wife wasn't all hunky-dory. When, when the Holy Spirit, when I made that deal with God and I gave him everything, I said, you know what, Lord? Whether she leaves me, whether she loves me, whether I'm going through withdrawals, whether I'm locked up, whether I'm free, I'm going to love you with all my heart and I'm going to trust you with all my heart. And everything I got, here I am, I'm yours. Have your way, oh God. I made a commitment, and I honored that commitment. I meant what I said. See, I never once said, okay, now I got to fix my marriage. Now I got to show her that I'm good enough now. Now I got to try to convince her. See, what you're really doing is trying to convince yourself. I've seen so many people try to convince themselves that they're godly and they're doing good that they always end up falling. When the devil comes and strikes, he will always be able to knock you off of that because your eyes are on you. And it's all about how you did. So now you feel like they should because you did. They should be wanting, wanting it because I'm doing it. Don't think like that. Keep your eyes off of you. Focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He will fix your marriages. See, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to destroy your marriage. He comes to kill your loved ones. And he comes to take what God gave you. So keep your eyes on Jesus. I did. I told the Lord. I said, she's probably going to leave me. He said, don't you worry about it. I'll handle her. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not worried about it. So for eight months, I did, man. I focused on the Lord. I, I never once tried to convince her that I was for real. God told me, he said, she will see. She will see my power at work in you. She will see. The people will see. Do you know when Jesus said, be the light of the world? See, we're not... I've seen so many Christians, they want to relate. And I used to be like that. If somebody was smoking cigarettes, I, I'd go smoke a cigarette with them because I want to relate to them. And I'll tell you one thing. I used to go downtown all the time when I was young, and I'd get drunk and talk about God. God loves you. He's so amazing. He loves y'all. And I, I had a pure heart. I meant it. He loves y'all. Well, and I, I told God this. I said, well, Lord, if I wasn't down there, who's going to give them God? If I wasn't down there doing what I was doing with them, who's going to give them God? I told God this now. I'm saying, hey, I'm just, just let him tell you. Guess what he said? That was your way of doing it. That was not my way of doing it. See, we always take over. There again, it's still all about us. Still all about me. Yeah, God, but I'm going to do a good thing for you. But I'm going to do it. Still all about you. Your eyes are still all on you. 
See, I see so many people that want to relate to people. They want to say, well, you know, I'm not perfect either. I want to wallow in my struggle with you so you can know that, that I struggle with you. Well, let me just warn you about this, because see, we're told to be the light of the world. So why are we told to be the light that's mixed with dark? God never said, be half light. I need you to be dim. Did he ever say dim? I, I want my children to be dim so you can relate to the rest of the world. What did Jesus do? He hung out with sinners, but did he sin? By no means. See, I'm not telling you don't hang out with people that's in sin and struggling. What I'm telling you is don't do the same very thing they do and think that you're going to have power in what you're telling them because you have none. Because what I used to do was I thought, well, I'm just like you are, guys, but I got a little bit more. I, got, I believe in Jesus. You know, we'll be sitting there smoking, passing a a doobie around. I, I hit it with him. But, I, but I'm telling y'all, y'all need to know this God I got. Look at the damage we're doing to people because they're sitting there looking going, this guy's a fool because he's sitting there doing the same very thing I'm doing, but he's telling me I need the God he's got and he's going to heaven and I'm not. <laughs> I don't want his God. And if that's who his God is, he's a hypocrite and I don't want nothing to do with him. How many people will say God's a hypocrite? God's people are hypocrites because they are they are. It is you. You have to. I will tell you, God's people are hypocrites. Not all of them, but they are. I was one of them, guys. I was the head hypocrite. How was it? I remember my father used to tell me, son, you know, you just, you, you're trying to tell people about this Jesus, but look at you. Look at you. And what does everybody say? Who do you think you are? You think you're perfect? So I see Christians try to the devil has just manipulated this thing. He's trying to get us to, to fit in. We're not supposed to fit in, guys. See, now when you walk in power and you laugh with them same people that's doing the sin, but you don't have to do it, and they ask you to do it, and you say, no, nah, I'm good, but can I give you what I got? See, you offer me something, and I'm still standing here, and I'm cool. I don't want that, but I want to offer you something because I have an everlasting life and a joy and a peace inside of me that's bursting out, and it wants to get all over you. It wants to just flood in all over you. And you're right, I didn't have a good day. A transmission fell on my stomach. I pinched my pinky and I about broke my leg. But guess what? I know him. And as long as I know him, I know where I'm going. And if he is for me, what can be against me? Nothing in the world. So this is the hope that's inside of us that we have to get out. But if we don't live it, see, here's the thing about sin. If, you, if the devil can get you to compromise with just one sin, one, he will take away all your power. All the power that lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit power, he will steal it from you. He's the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. Jesus walked perfect. He never sinned. He said, follow me. Why has our mindset changed where we think it's normal to still live in sin? It's not normal if you're a Christian. If you don't claim to know God, hey, no condemnation. You're not misrepresenting him. But the Christian who's claiming him is not doing God any justice. Matter of fact, we're, you're doing yourself harm. Same way I did myself harm. Very, very bad harm. So we were bought with a price, guys. Jesus come to buy us back. See, what he did was he said, all right, y'all blew it in the garden. Y'all ate from the wrong tree, you blew it. You're trying to be me, so I'm going to come back, 
and I'm going to give you back the spirit that you lost. See, we lost Holy Spirit. We, we lost the ability to be like God. We did. There was no way we could have been, we were like God. There's no way we could have done it, guys. It's impossible. Do you know that the Old Testament people long for our day? They long for the day that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on people. And we take it for granted, like, yeah, I have it, but I'm always going to struggle, and that's just the way it is. I mean, quit thinking like that. That's not God. That's not the creator of the universe that I know. That's not the holy, perfect, just God that I know. And I'm here to represent him. Do I do it perfectly? <laughs> no, by no means. But do I want to? By all means. You know why? Because he is, and he told me to be like him. So now I have motivation, guys. You're talking to the center of sinners, y'all. I know all that stuff. I used to do all that stuff, and now I'm here telling you to be holy? That's a transformation in itself. Before, I'd say, hey, let's go out and do this and this. If you're watching and you knew me, now I'm saying, let's don't do this and this. Let's be holy and let's represent our God well. Let's run the race well. And let's let people around us see that he lives inside of us. And he's the reason why we don't conform to this world. He's the reason why I don't have to smoke that cigarette to get rid of this stress. He's the reason I don't have to take that pill to get rid of this depression. He is the reason. It's him. See, that's him taking your load, guys. Oh, it's so good to let him take over. <laughs> Have your way, Lord. <laughs> take, take over the airways, God. Have your way. Now Christianity is fun. It's not boring. See, my God's not boring. He's not follow this rule. See, if you're sin conscious, you're constantly trying to follow rules so you can feel good enough and feel approved. There's nothing you can do to get approved. It's a free gift he gave you. Here, the gift. Holy Spirit's a gift. You didn't earn it. Nothing you can do to obtain it. It's yours, free. Now go do the works. Now go be who I called you to be. Go live it out. Go be the example. How can we, I, I just quit trying to relate to people if you're a Christian. And if you truly have Holy Spirit, stop trying to dwell in their sin with them. Yes, you can be with them, but don't try to say, well, look, I struggle just like you struggle. Well, if you're still struggling, then you need to understand the gospel better before you try to show it to somebody else. Ooh, God's being, sorry, we're going to push some buttons. But, it, but if you're trying to relate to people, maybe you need to take a step back from trying to show people who God is and get your walk with God right. Maybe that's what we need to do. Get our walk right before we worry about other people coming to know him. Because if they don't see a change in you and they don't see the ability to walk out a good life, why are they going to want what you have? If you don't have anything to offer somebody, why are they going to want it? It makes no sense. It just makes no sense how we try to get people to this gospel. Because I did it for years. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. God got me for it. He really uh, whooped my butt for it, so to speak. Um, so we've been bought with a price now, guys. We are gods. There's so many scriptures. And I encourage you, when I speak on something, it's all scripture. I don't read other people's books. I do want to read Tom's book, but I don't read all the. I don't read a lot of books. I read the book by the man, and uh, and 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 right here, I mean, there are so many scriptures on being bought with a price. So if you ever have a question on God's scripture, type it in under Google, "bought with a price" scriptures, and it will pull you up every single scripture. That's how I get all the scriptures quick that I need. And I'm not a fan of just reading a verse. I'm a fan of context. 
beginning to end, last chapter to this chapter, who was the artist, or who was the writer, why did he write it, what situation was he in? Because if you don't dig, see, that's like digging. You have to dig deep to find out who he is. Because here's how you get religion. Everybody reads a scripture. Yep, that's what I believe. I don't believe that one. I literally used to read the Bible, and when it told me to be holy as he is holy, I said, yeah, I don't believe that one. We'll skip that one. Oh, I like this one right here. He gives me grace for all my insufficiencies. Well, that's great right there. You see how our flesh likes to pick and choose, guys? We pick and choose what we want to hear. See, when we surrender to him, we say, God, whether I like it or not, whether, whether I want to hear this, whether I'm the problem, whatever it is, God, just reveal to me the truth. All I want to know is the truth. I'm after the truth. I'm after who you are and what you designed me to be. And that's all I care about. And if I'm wrong, then by God, give me the power to fix it. Change me, oh God. I give you myself so you can transform me into who you want me to be. You paid a high price, God. I want to walk out the calling in my life. See, that's it. I don't focus on sin, guys. I don't focus on trying not to do wrong. I focus on trying to hang out with my daddy and be a son. That's what I focus on. See, that's why it's fun. Because when you're a son and you do something wrong, he'll nudge you and say, you know, you didn't handle that right. You, you know what you did. And then it ain't pastor. This is God himself will nudge you. And you, you know, you got to call him and apologize. And you got to make that right. What? Lord, I didn't do nothing wrong. He handles you like that. That's, he's so amazing. I'll tell you, uh, I blew it. Now, I, I blew it with my, with my mouth. I said a curse word like a year into being saved. Uh, truly say, and I blew it. And I said, man, I can't believe I blew it. I was like, oh my God, I blew it. I was like, ah. And he said, well, son, we said, what did you do? I said, well, when that hammer come down on my finger, my anger really just, ah, and I got really mad. So I just threw that wrench and then that word came out. He said, well, how about next time when that hammer comes down on your finger and you feel that rage pop up? How about surrender right then? How about get on your knees, surrender that to me? And handle it to me. He said, and then next time that word will never come out your mouth. I said, wow. I said, that, uh, that sounds pretty good. I, I can try that. I said, I, I can do that. Um, I said, but you ain't mad at me? He said, no, I paid a price for you. I believe in you. Now go. Go and be who I called you to be. Wow. What a father. Okay, so you're like, you're not mad at me. You're not condemning me. You're not sitting here bringing it up. You said you believe in me, and you showed me how not to do it the next time. Wow. Thanks. I want to win you a Super Bowl. He's a good head coach. He knows exactly how to coach his children. And he knows exactly how to teach us to be like him. And it's fun, guys. I'm telling you, it's amazing. People think it's boring to be a Christian. That's the most boring thing. I used to think the same thing. Oh, my gosh. It's not boring, guys. Matter of fact, it'll blow your mind more than any drug or any TV show or whatever you wallow in can ever do for you. The Word of God will just fascinate you. I'm so fascinated at God. For him to tell me something about a person the day before and it all come to pass, and wow, it just fascinates me. It fascinates me that he's thinking about his children at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden a FedEx man pops in my mind, and he wants me to give him a word. Never, never talked to this man in my life. But God's thinking about him at 3 o'clock in the morning. God's thinking about you right now. He is obsessed with you. He is infatuated with you. Lord, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I used to tell the Lord, so like, you're clingy? 
like you're, like you're clingy, like you would tell a woman, like you're clingy, like just give me my space, let me breathe. He said, I'm okay with that because I'm not insecure. You're right, I am clingy and I love you and I want to know everything about you and I want to have fellowship with you and walk with you every day, just like me and Adam in the garden. I want to walk with you and I don't want you to be ashamed. I don't want you to feel no guilt, no condemnation because if you're with me, you're approved and you're a son and there's nothing going to tell you any otherwise. So that's the way I live, guys. I don't think I'm perfect. I think he's perfect, and I just follow him. That's it. He makes the way, man. He goes in there and just cleans the way, and, just, and he makes the way. See, when we get in trouble is when our eyes start to wander. That's when the trouble comes. See, if you think of the uh, scripture in, in, when Peter was in the water, walking on water, he said, come. Peter's eyes are on him, walking on water, doing anything. And what does he do? takes his eyes off of Jesus and fell. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? Why? So and here's another lie that people may have bought into. God's too busy for you. He, you, he ain't got time to hear your prayers about your hobby and, and want you to win this race. And, or want you. He ain't got time for all that. He, he's too busy for you. That's a lie. That is the biggest lie you could ever believe and fall into because God wants to know every single thing we do all the time, all day, every day. Literally, I talk to God all day, every day. Literally, some of you watching do, but I question you, is it the real God? Be careful. That's why we're, we're showing who he really is because I talked to him every day too and it was turned out to be the devil for 10 years. So I'm, we're here to help you guys grow in who God's called us to be. We are here. So you've been bought with a price. So can uh, we pull up Titus 2? Titus 2, <clears throat> verse 14. And, I, and we're reading from the ESV. I like New King James, ESV, and King James. That's what I bounce back and forth. Um, so I'm going to let them pull this up. So Scripture says who is talking about Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That's a scripture a lot of people might want to zoom on past, but we're going to focus on that. Read that again. Is it on the screen for the people to be able to read? Read it with us, guys. Who gave himself for us to redeem, which means to purchase us from all lawlessness. Do you know what lawlessness is? Sin is lawlessness. And to purify himself, a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Wow. <laughs> and this is just one scripture, guys. I got the booklet <laughs> of scriptures like this. This is just one. Wow, his own possession. He cherishes us. We're his gold. What did he tell you, Mr. Blake? We're his gold. He looks at us like gold nuggets. He loves us. We are his gold. And I love it because, see, God's outside of time. And I love it how Mr. Blake described what God told him, that we are his time. I am his 741. You are his 742. You are his 743. He does time through us, his people, his children. That's how much he loves you. You're watching right now because he loves you. And he's got you stuck on here. I don't know why for this long, but you're here. And I just want you to know he loves you. And, and I do want to encourage you. Whenever, I, whenever God made this transaction with me, whenever I gave him all my junk, that carload, and he put it on his trailer, I was right in the middle of the worst sin of my life. 
worst sin of my life. I was actually drunk when I made the transaction. So, so don't be weary. There's hope. Rather, you're, whatever lifestyle you're in, he will meet you right where you're at. See, you can't clean up enough to get to him. That's another lie that the enemy tells you. If you'll just clean up enough, you'll go to church. Well, guess what? You'll never make it. You'll never go to church because you'll never clean up enough because you can't do it. So I want to encourage you, don't be condemned if you're living in sin right now because there's so much hope. And here's the deal. If you like your sin and that's what you like, well, guess what? You can have it. You got free will. If you want to eat from that tree, it's still there. It hasn't gone nowhere. God's not mad. He gave you that choice. So who am I to take it from you? But if you're tired of it and you're beat up and you're sick of worrying and you're sick of stress and you're sick of all these things antagonizing you and you're sick of not being happy, not happy, joy. You don't have any joy? Well, you might want to consider making the deal with God. See, everybody talks about this deal with the devil. Nobody ever talks about the deal with God. See, everybody talks about they sold their soul to the devil. Well, guess what? I gave my soul to the Lord. That's the deal I made. And no, and, and no longer is, is it no longer about me. I've been bought with a price. And if I've been bought, then he owns me. And it doesn't matter what I'm going through because obviously he's okay with it because he's got me there. Did you get that? See, that's when your eyes are off of you. See, Jesus demonstrated this better than anything. Because if, G, if anybody could have complained, it would have been him. He raises Lazarus from the dead, raised Lazarus, and they say, kill him, stone him to death. This man's got a demon. What would you say if that was you and the, and the tables were reversed? You know what, Lord? I just raised the dead. They want to kill me. These people don't deserve your mercy. Just get me out of here. They don't care about you. Get me out of here. But did he ever do that? No, because he said, I, I only do what I hear my father say. I only say what I hear him say, and I only do what I see him do. See, this is sanctification, guys. We got to get past sin. See, everybody thinks sin. Well, if you don't sin, you're perfect. You're wrong. You got to get over your sin. You should be walking in victory now. The sanctification comes whenever we obey, when we're, when we're fellowshipping with God. This is sanctification now. Now we're past being a wretched old sinner. Now he's teaching us how to be like Christ. He's teaching us how to react in situations. He's teaching us how to deal with things. He's revealing his characteristics to us and through us. See, everybody's so worried about sin. Well, you know, what are you trying to say? You don't sin? Get, get off of that. And we got to be focused on him, the sanctification of becoming more like him. When somebody says something wrong and your attitude kicks in, that's, that's sanctification. What are you going to do? See, just because you get angry doesn't mean you sin. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. So, okay, you're angry. Ah, what are you going to do with it? Do you surrender it? Do you give it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and say, Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. So you can have this feeling that I got right now. Have your way. This is how he's growing us. We'll never fully mature into this part. This is something that we'll be doing for the rest of our life up until eternity. And I have a feeling we're still going to do it in eternity. We're going to grow. And he's going to mold us and shape us into who he's called us to be. So we got to get past this little barrier of ourself. This, this barrier. See, and here's where the enemy uses ourself. Uh, let's pull the let me do this real quick. I, can't, I don't even know what I've been on a tangent, but it's God, so I know it's all good, whatever it has been. Let's pull up this car. I'm, hold on, wait. I want, I want you to put yourself in God's shoes. No, one second. I want you to put yourself in God's shoes. I'm telling you, you've been bought with a price. You belong to him. You're not your own. If you've accepted Jesus, you're not your own. You belong to him. 
So now let's put it in human terms for you. I want to speak in human terms and make this gospel simple. So let's say you just purchased a brand new car. Here it is up on the screen. Woo! Pretty old brand new Corvette. It ain't the new, new one, but it's kind of new. It's, it's good. It's, that's nice. It's mine. My car. Now, got it. Bought it. It's for me. I bought it for me. So now I want to park it. I park it in my shop, and I say, okay, I want you to be here tomorrow so I can drive you and show you off to everybody how pretty you are and shiny you are. Now, I want you to stay in the garage because you're mine. But I left a spare key in the glove box. So I'm in the house, you know, telling, hey, man, you, you wait. I can't wait to show my car off tomorrow. I can't wait. Well, my car gets the idea, well, I think I should be made for me. He told me to stay put, but I want to go hang out with some more Corvettes. I don't want to sit in a garage all by myself. I want to get out, live the life, the thrill ride. I want to go thrill ride with some more Corvettes. So he decides to go on out. Well, on his night out in the town, this is what happens to him. Oh, my gosh. Now, imagine if you're the owner of this car, and you, you can't wait to drive it tomorrow. You think you're going to drive it tomorrow. I can't wait. You go out there, and it's not there. It's gone. And then you get a phone call from the car. I can't believe you let me get destroyed. I cannot believe you left a spare key in me, and you allowed me to go take off and hang out with the Corvettes. God, why would you do that? You don't love me. This is what we do to our father. We've been purchased with a price. We belong to him. But yet, for some reason, we still think it's all about us. It's still all about me at the end of the day. If I want to go play with sin and play with destruction, I got the right to. But then we get in a mess, and then we want to blame God. Well, God, why would you let this happen to me? I was supposed to be yours. Is that not insane for this whole deal? You see what we do to God? This is just on a human level. Imagine on a spiritual level, a higher level, what we do to our Father. I'm just trying to put it into perspective for you. Wow, I just, we, we, just, we have to understand we've been bought and we're His. And if you claim to know Him and you claim to be His, then you've lost your rights. All of your rights, emotions, feelings, thoughts, all that died at the cross. See, there's so many scriptures. There's just like not enough time to go over all the scriptures and everything. Um, and then one more thing I want to show you. When God purchases us, let's go to the next picture. When God purchases us, we look like this. There's your before, your dirty car, a dirty mess, a hot mess. So God comes and buys us back. See, we ate, we, 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 we ate, we ate from the wrong tree. He says, I'll forgive you. I'll give you my spirit. I'll purchase you back. And guess what he does? He cleanses us up. Because, see, God's not going to sit in filth. Just like you, if you bought a used car that looked like that, would you drive it? Or what would your first instinct be? i got to clean this thing up. we got to vacuum it out. we got to detail we got to make this thing fit me. Well, why does God any different? See, he, he wants to get inside of us and drive us just like you want to drive that car. We're his vessels. We're actually his way, his mobility on the earth. And he's restricted to our free will. How insane is that? He restricts himself to our free will. So if we say no, then he can't go. What? If, he, if we say no, he can't go. It just blows my mind that we have that much power. God, why did you give us that much power? <laughs> Goodness. He'll have to wait for somebody else worthy of the call. You know what he'll say? Well, I'll just find somebody else that's going to do it. See, he restricts himself 
to our free will. Our free will, man, that thing is, we're going to get into our free will and all that stuff. Uh, but, but ain't that amazing? He cleans it up, guys. So quit worrying about cleaning up your mess. Worry about who you are in him. Worry about that you're now his. You belong to him. You've been bought with a price. He doesn't care what you did an hour ago. An hour ago, he's over it. Done deal. Forgave you. Now what you going to do now? See, I get so many people that want to wallow in their sin. Yeah, but brother, you just don't know how much I blew it. Okay, but what are you going to do now? That's what I ask everybody. That's what God tells me. What are you going to do now? You, can't, you blew it yesterday and you said the wrong thing. I forgave you. What are you going to do today? Yeah, but you just don't. <laughs> do you see the trap? Yeah, but I blew it. So now we want to sit in our sin and wallow in it, and then we end up doing it again and again and again and again. And now we have a good excuse for it because, my God, I'm just a wretched sinner. Oh, Lord, set me free. I want to give you another parable of the car. I want to show you another parable that we do to God. So God wants to drive us. And he wants to take his places. Okay, well, imagine this as a car owner. You purchased a car. Now you want to go, okay, man, my daughter needs to be saved. The devil's attacking her. Come on, let's go. I want to use you. I want to get in my car and go. But the car's spitting and sputtering. Don't want to run right. And now here's the car telling you, the owner, I'm just such a mess. I can't never get it right. My, 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 my throttle don't work right, but I'm just such a mess. But thank you for forgiving me. You're such a good owner. I just love you so much. How ludicrous is that? God wants to use us. He paid a price to set us free, to make us like him, and that's how we do him. Spitting and sputtering. Oh, yeah. But I'm, too, I'm too depressed right now, God. I'm too depressed because of what they said to me. I can't do what you ask because of what they said, because it's all about me at the end of the day. So if the car does that to you, what, what's the owner going to do? I'll fix you. I'll put a brand new motor in it. All right? You keep, you keep on, I'm going to put a brand new motor. Transmission slip, I'm going to put a brand new one in it. I will fix the problem. He's the God of the universe. He will fix the problem. He holds the, the whole earth in his hand. He can fix the problem. But yet we think it's just not good enough. Yeah, you came and you did all that stuff, but I just don't think it was good enough. So I'm going to wallow in my faults with the check engine light on. It's, it's human terms. I'm speaking in human terms. Imagine God terms how it looks. It makes no sense. So what does he do? He says, I come to give you a brand new heart, a brand new mind, a new creation. So yeah, y'all were spitting and sputtering before, but now you have no excuse if you claim to know me. And if you claim I dwell in you, you've lost that excuse because I've gave you a brand new spirit, brand new creation, so who are we to tell God, yeah, but I just don't feel good. I'm just depressed today. You just, you know, life's just hard. We got to get over ourselves, guys. We have got to. Look, the chisel. God's working on me. God's, he's working on me. So here's what you're saying in human terms. I'm almighty God in human. God can't hit the chisel, obviously, because he's still working on me. The creator of the universe still has to keep working on me. He's, he's missing the chisel, guys. Really? The God of the universe is missing? Or are you, in your free will, moving the chisel? Because, see, God's not working on you. God's waiting on you. Because, see, he's standing here with the hammer ready to fix you. But you keep moving. You keep being unstable in all your ways. You keep on so, so but we got this twisted reality that God's working on me. I'm in process. He's working on me. 
when that's just not the gospel that I read. Because the gospel that I read is, see, here's your process. Let's go back to that car. Can we pull our car up? Here's your process, guys. I'm going to show you your process. Because, see, sometimes it happens like a light switch. Some people just get transformed, and then some people are in process. Well, go, no, the other car carrying the load. So God wants to, he wants to show you this process that you're uh, in. Okay, you see that? You see that, right? Here's your process. You're unloading one item at the time. So, yeah, that's a process. You're gonna, it's a long process. You might not ever get it figured out. You might be in process forever. When God's saying, unhook the trailer, I come so you can unhook the load. I need you to be effective for the kingdom. I need you to walk in light right now, be the salt of the earth right now. I need you to be who I need you to be, but we're still unloading that trailer one item at a time. It's us doing this to ourselves. It's not God. We think that God's not powerful enough to transform us. The Bible says he came to make you a new creation, a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things are new. We're the ones that make it a process, guys. We do. And my goodness, I cannot believe time went by this fast like this. Man, God is just all on this thing. I'm telling you, he is sick of people making excuses. Because see, here's the deal. You're not going to have an excuse when you meet him. You will not have an excuse. The price has been paid. It says the victory is mine. It's over. The battle is over. What did he say on the cross? It is finished. He defeated the enemy. He gave us power over the enemy right here on earth, right now. What's the Lord's prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think there's a bunch of sinning going on up in heaven. Nah, that's ludicrous to think that. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But yet we got all these excuses of why it's not. All these excuses of why we're still in process. Why we're still being worked on. See, God gave me a good thing about this chisel and it's in its own free will. Let me show you what he said. He said... Let me see if I can find this. Come on now, show me the chisel. Um, oh, he is working with your free will. And the moment that you say, not my will, but thy will, all the stars will line up and your process will be over. You want to nip it in the bud? Are you sick of struggling and you want to nip this thing in the bud? Well, give God your free will. See, when you give, see, that's the only thing we have to give God. What did you come into this world with? Nothing. What do you have to offer God? Your free will. That's all we have is a free will to do as we choose, to eat from whatever tree we choose. Tree of life, which leads to everlasting life, or the tree of pain, which they shall eat all the days of their life. Pain. Are you in pain? You're eating from the wrong tree. Are you suffering? You're eating from the wrong tree. Are you miserable? You're eating from the wrong tree. Because, see, you can suffer for God's sake and still have joy. Yeah, you can be in suffering, about to be executed, and still have joy. Read James. Count it all joy, brothers. Um, I don't know why God's going here. Let's bring up James just real quick before we end. We're going to go to the book of James. Uh, it's, uh, God always changes stuff. <laughs> he just moves and... I just thank you. Baby, do you got anything to add? Be thinking of something if you want to add real quick, because I, I know I've been talking a lot. 
but God knew I had a big mouth. That's why he set me free. See, the enemy contends for people with big mouths. If you're being attacked, that's because you're a contender. Quit being a pretender and turn into the victor. See, he attacks. i got so many buddies that are so powerful, and they, and, and they just, man, they're just powerful. But they get attacked, and they don't know how to deal with it because they're still all about themselves. And, and I just see how the devil plays that, and it just, it's very sad. So let's just don't, let's don't be confused. Let's, let's give it to God. We're going to go to James, uh, uh, James uh, 2. James uh, 1, verse 2. Is it up there? Uh, I'm sorry. We got to end with scripture because, okay. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials, when you meet trials of various kinds. Let's keep going. <clears throat> For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Keep going. We're going to keep going for a little while. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete. Wow. He just, well, he, well, well, nobody wants to talk about perfect. My goodness. But he just said that you may be perfect. That's another word we're going to dive into in Scripture. So he says, let steadfastness have its full effect. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Keep going. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Keep on. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm. And this is coming from the apostles who were under persecution and suffering. And he's telling you, the billionaire, that's watching, that's got everything in the world, who's miserable, to count it all joy, brothers. Man, did he know something? Did these guys know something? Did they, uh, they had a joy that was just amazing. Um, so, you got anything to add? Um, I, I, I don't know what tangent we got off on, but I want to expose this enemy, which is us, that is really keeping us from God. So I'm going to give you a little insight when you go in here, I'm going to give you a little bit of Satan's strategy before we close. So when you go hunting as a human, what do you do? Carry your call. So right now, let's say I want to go raven hunting, and I'm after me some ravens. So what do I do? I call me in some ravens. So if we as humans use a voice that sounds just like the very thing we're targeting, why would Satan do any different? Why would Satan think any otherwise? Because, you know, Satan thinks like a man. So why wouldn't he use your voice to get you if we use the same voice of what we're hunting? You are the enemy. See, the problem is we don't see this attack. We look at the devil and we look at our surroundings, but we're getting attacked within. The devil's constantly talking to us with ourselves. Yeah, but brother, should you really do that? Did he really say that you're going to quit sinning? Come on, you know you can't do it. You know there's no way it's possible. You're not perfect. Hey, you hear the voices in your head? See, we all have voices in our minds. Therapists try to tell me one time, I want to hear your voice. I said, yeah, but what about your voices? It ain't about me. I said, oh, so you do have voices. So why are you trying to tell, help me with mine? We all have voices. Okay, right now you can hear your mother's voice. 
anybody watching, you can hear your mother's voice out of a crowd and say, that's mom. That's my mom. I know her voice. Can you do that with God's voice today? Can you identify God's voice out of all the voices in your head and say, I know that's my father. That's God. Because he tells us in scriptures, my children hear my voice and they know my voice because they follow me. And what does Jesus say? If any man shall follow me, he must first deny himself. So this is what we're really diving into in this series, is getting us out of God's way. See, the enemy only has what power we give him, guys. Let's stop giving him the authority to ruin our lives, the authority to steal from us, to destroy us. See, is anybody that's been watching this not full of joy, and if you're a Christian, then who stole your joy? What stole it? Because God gave it to you. What stole it? We're here to give it back. We're here to open your eyes and enlighten you to what God's calling you, to the standard he's calling you to. It's just like my wife said, you were predestined before the foundation of the world. So somebody watching this, there's some light bulbs going to go off and click. And if, you have, if you've learned anything from this, please subscribe to the channel of the church. Please share the video with friends and family if you've learned anything. And get the word out, guys. We are here to expose this enemy. Our true passion at Global is Jesus. I know it's Jesus Christ, and we want you to walk in the fullness. See, we're here to equip the saints. We want to equip you to walk in the fullness of your calling. And we have a lot of great people behind this, a lot of godly men who are surrendered to the king. So get the word out. Share the message if you feel you've learned something. And subscribe to us and come back next week and Maybe I won't talk as much and my wife will have more to say on a lot of other issues, but we, we ask you to come back and join us. It's going to get deeper. We're going to go more into Scripture, and we're going to unveil this enemy. So thank you, guys. We love y'all. Have a good evening. We'll see you next week.